Welcome back to the DI Scoreboard. We got another exciting podcast episode for everyone this week. As always, I am joined by my co-host, Shivancha Huzja. Shivancha, how are we doing? You want to give that one another go, bud? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Let me take a drink. I'm still a little, like, something's off. about. Me too. You got it. Corona. You got it. That was a test run. Like, you know how Pam doesn't put Michael Scott through on his first try for, like, phone calls? That's... I get a second intro. Okay. Let's try again. Okay. In the zone. We're good. We're back. Welcome back, everyone, to another exciting episode of the DI Scoreboard. I'm your host, Austin Hansen. I am joined, as always, by my co-host, Shivancha Huja. Shivancha, how are we doing? Nailing the intro, as always, Austin. I'm doing fantastic. How are you today? I am great. I'm excited about this episode. This is something we've never done before. It's exciting. It's unprecedented. I am pumped to have Chloe Peterson and Tiana Torajan on. Tiana is DITV Sports Director now. Tiana, how are we doing? We're doing good over here. Chloe, sports reporter. Women's basketball is her specialty, um, but she also does digital work with our podcast producer, Kelsey. Uh, multifaceted, talented individual. Chloe, how are we doing? I've been very bored the past week, so I'm happy to be doing something. This is Chloe's encore performance on the podcast, so clearly we didn't scare her off the first time. I think that's a step in the right direction, Austin. That's, uh, you know, knowing me, that's almost surprise. I'm surprised she still willingly works in my section. <laughs> surprised she hasn't ran for the hills yet. I'll be honest, I'm surprised too. What but, section would I run for, though? Great oh, no. question. Uh, digital full-time. There you go. Kelsey's <laughs> back. Hi, Kelsey. <laughs> Hello, I'm back. This is probably going to be my only contribution to this, unless you guys want, want my hot takes. What hot takes do you have this week? She's um, got hot takes on the MVP race in the NFL. That's what I'm hearing. Definitely. Um, I also have seen that, you know, Jordan Bohannon is at war with the parking at the University of Iowa. I don't know if we want to have that conversation later, but I don't know. He seems pretty heated, and I also hate UIWA parking, too. I don't think I'm we need to have it later, Kelsey. Why don't, you, why don't you kick us off with that? Let's have it now. Oh, okay. I mean, I understand where he's coming from. UIWA parking sucks. I was moving in to my dorm last year. I lived in Mayflower for second semester. Parked my car in the little lot there to move in. You know, because it was moving day. Mm -hmm. They gave me a ticket. As I was moving into my dorm, they gave me a ticket. It's a welcome present. Yeah. Uh, let's just say I still have not paid that ticket. So <laughs> I will I will say, like, the University of Iowa, whatever, Parking and Traffic Safety Division or whatever their official title is, is particularly brutal at Carver-Hawkeye Arena. Yes. I mean, I pay the meter every time. I'm like, 30 minutes, that's how long this Tom Brands press conference is going to take. I'm out there in 31 minutes, and I've got a $15 ticket on my windshield. I'm like, now, hold on. You were just sitting there watching the minutes tick away, and you printed out that ticket. They're literally like the actual, like that bunny in Zootopia that gives out 80, whatever, 200 tickets in an hour. They're, that's why that's I, actually their life. That's why I've stopped feeding the meter. I just accept that it's $15 to park, and then I just, <laughs> I just, I just roll with it. <laughs> I, I remember the quarters. <laughs> 
the first time I ever went to Carver in like, I don't know, was it it was October, I think. First time I actually ever drove to Carver. I got a parking ticket. It's a great time. I have never received a parking ticket from Carver anywhere on U Iowa campus. I'd just like to that's like a humble brag, you know? If, if you I, if you I parking is listening, Tiana, what do you drive? Because we're gonna need. <laughs> I drive a grandma car, so I think that's why I'm not. <laughs> I drive a Buick. <laughs> Speaking of Carver Hawkeye, Austin, I'm gonna take your job as host here for a second. Why don't we just launch straight into to women's basketball since we've got Chloe on? Um, Chloe, talk to us about the women's basketball team for Iowa. What's coming up and what's going on with them? Um, what's coming up is not much, really, because you know mm-hmm. their two games were canceled this week but I think their next game is a week from now next Thursday the 28th at home against Northwestern last I checked unless they put a game up there but you know they're doing pretty decently I don't know if I'd say they're great but they're not bad by any means I know that they've looked really good towards the beginning of the season but recently they faltered especially against the uh the ranked teams that they faced um what's sort of fallen apart in those games that uh that you can tell us about uh, their defense the entire season has not been that great. And I think it was really just brought to light in these in the games against Ohio State and Northwestern first time. So their defense has just been not great. And turnovers, they have a lot of turnovers. Caitlin Clark has a lot of turnovers. I think that's the only fault in her game, but she has a lot. So I had a couple observations I wanted to ask both of you about. The first of which is, what is the ceiling for Iowa, right? Because early on, I was like, they should be ranked. They they have the Big Ten Player of the Year and Caitlin Clark, the Big Ten Freshman of the Year and Caitlin Clark. This team, NCAA tournament team, potential, you know, they could surprise some people make a run. Now I'm starting to pump the brakes because against two ranked teams, they're 0-2. I mean, you you mentioned defense, but like, what is the missing piece here that will make this thing go where they want to go? Or is their ceiling a round of 32 exit in the NCAA tournament? You know, I think if they just can consistently clean up their defense, did really well in the last five minutes of the fourth quarter against Purdue when they put Tommy Taiwo in there for the last five minutes. But if they can consistently clean up their defense and limit their turnovers as much as they can, I remember Lisa Bluter said sometimes you just turnovers happen which is fair turnovers happen but if they can limit their turnovers and clean up their defense I think they could make a solid run in the Big Ten tournament and the NCAA tournament maybe round of 16 or something like that so I guess the other thing I wanted to ask is Caitlin Clark obviously you mentioned that turnovers are a problem I also think that shot selection is occasionally a problem for her because in, in my humble opinion a triple team shot from the free throw line blind to the basket is not a good shot and not a good offensive possession but the more shots you shoot obviously the more points you're going to score so do we feel like shot selection is a problem and that she scores a lot of points because she shoots a lot of shots or is it because she's just that talented or is it kind of a mixture of both um, I kind of think it's a mixture of both like I think she's gotten better since the beginning of the season because she would at the beginning of the season she would take a lot of those not very smart shots but as the season's gone on she's learned to trust her teammates more in because she said in high school like she was the only person on her team to be trusted in making shots but now you have a lot of people like McKenna Warnock, Monica Sonano who can make really good shots so I think Throughout the season so far, she's learned to pass the ball more. So I think she's getting better. She still has more to learn on that, but I think she'll get better over the season with that. Deanna, I saw you shaking your head. What 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 is what are your thoughts on 
the Caitlin Clark show. I know Lisa Bluter doesn't like to say that Iowa women's basketball is the Caitlin Clark show right now, but let's be honest here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. When she's on the court, she like, I feel like every time she's on the court, I just like always like just look at her because she does just boost up the team so much with scoring and everything. Um, I agree with Chloe that it is a mixture like with her selection of shots. I'm hopeful for her that she like, you know, just can kind of get into a pace here and like just continue to be like solid. She's like a solid player at all times. So she's definitely going to be freshman of the year in the Big Ten. I don't know about player of the year, but she has freshman of the year locked up already. Yeah, I think when you win the award, seven times in like nine weeks or eight weeks or something like that and the one time is because you had a bad game where you didn't score 25 (laughs) an off game I guess you could say then yeah you've made a compelling case but I, I guess the last thing I wanted to ask and this is this can just be a yes or no answer will Iowa be ranked inside the top 25 at any point this season before the end of the year in March I'm gonna take that as a no I think they'll be top 30. That was great for an audio podcast for us all to shake our heads. <laughs> Just some awkward silence. <laughs> I think, I think, I think, because that's where they've been all, all year, Chloe, right? Top 30. They've yeah. been receiving votes. Um, but just when it comes to those ranked matchups, like you said, defense hasn't been holding up to opposing offenses. And at a certain point is basically can Caitlin Clark produce what the other team's producing. And recently that hasn't been the case. So, yeah, I think you're exactly right. I think they'll still stay in the national conversation. I think they're going to be, you know, maybe you sneak past a round or two in the Big Ten tournament, but top maybe top 30 at the in the rankings at the very most. So before we move off of women's basketball, I had one last question, particularly for Chloe, um, because you were there when the historic 42-game home win streak fell. I mean, it must have been like the Roman Empire falling. Like, it must have been crazy to be there. I guess, what, what was that scene like? I would imagine that there weren't too many smiling faces. Not that you could tell because everyone has masks on, minus the teams and players. But what was the scene like there? Um, it was not a happy sight. Ohio State ran out into the court. You know, they had their nice little celebration in the middle of the court. But Iowa literally just left. They were like, goodbye. They just left the court. It's not a great time. It really reminds me of when my high school's win streak got beat in the past in like the last second where we all kind of just stood there and were like, what just happened? Mm. But why why is that a sports fad now where like something crazy happens and then the opposing team just goes and dances on the home team's love? <laughs> I it's just I don't it's right. <laughs> I don't do you guys have an explanation for me? Why is that like hot in the streets right now why is that cool to do I mean I get it like it's about telling the other team that you're better than them but why is that the representation well even on their logo man (laughs) dominated on the course might as well stomp on the logo you know (laughs) I mean in my experience so my high school football team didn't lose for five years and they lost on a last second field goal the first game of my senior year, but that's beside the point. <laughs> and it was against our rivals and everybody, the entire conference hated my school because we were cocky and they Fair like <laughs> everyone stormed the field and everyone, all of the fans from the student section stormed the field 
And I think it was basically just like somebody finally beat Kimberly. Like they finally did it. Somebody did it. Yeah, I think I think personally for me, I I just get like uneasy because that's that's sacred ground, especially in college sports. Like a logo is very like if someone danced on the Tiger Hawk at Kinnick Stadium after beating Iowa, people would not be super thrilled in Iowa City. My favorite um, part as a Bengals fan was when Juju Smith-Schuster j- danced on the B in Cincinnati and then in the middle of the second quarter got blasted into another time zone and fumbled. <laughs> so that part was uh, was pretty good for me. So I don't know if I'm entirely opposed to it because it creates moments like that. Very rarely do I describe a hit as being nuclear, but that definitely <laughs> was. He was nuked. <laughs> uh, what a time. Before we dive too deep down the logo dance rabbit hole, um, we can stay in the NFL and we can talk about Chloe's Packers, much to my chagrin. Hey, vocab word. <laughs> Listen, <laughs> I feel like a sports editor, I should at least know my vocab words. Hmm. <laughs> I Listen, I read the dictionary for fun. It's, it's how I... Oh, dude, Kaylee got me a thesaurus that I read for fun. <laughs> Right here. Thesaurus is how I figured out not to use definitely or indeed or like how to write you know. papers. Journalism. Yeah. Yeah. I need I use thesaurus all the time. <laughs> I, I liked it because it sounds like a dinosaur. <laughs> anyway, continue, Austin. <laughs> the Thesaurus Rex. Um, but we can we can just let Chloe make her opening statements because uh, on on our podcast budget it says if Aaron Rodgers isn't NFL MVP, I'm going to throw hands. I mean, he was already named an MVP by like the pro football writers, I think, today. That was today. What a great day. But Aaron Rodgers has, you know, if you just look at his passer rating, it's the second best passer rating in NFL history. Who had the first best passer rating in NFL history? Aaron Rodgers in 2011 mm-hmm. when he won the MVP. Who has the third best? I think it's like Drew Brees or something. He won the MVP with his third best passer rating. So based on passer rating alone, I'm telling you Aaron Rodgers and that's you know not me definitely being biased it's I think I think Aaron Rodgers presents the most consistent case that's the that's the main word that's going to win him the award is consistency because if you look at a guy at the beginning of the year is it was a dead heat between Mahomes and Russell Wilson I would say Russell especially with the way that offense was moving but Aaron Rodgers still left the team uh, led the team to quite a few wins uh as you said really consistent passer rating throughout the year Wilson started declining I think Mahomes and the Chiefs really took their foot off the gas pedal just because they knew you know the state of the AFC it was competitive but there was really no question who's the best team in that conference meanwhile Aaron Rodgers as good as the Packers were they were fighting for that one seed remember it came down to week 17 that one seed wasn't guaranteed so Aaron Rodgers had to be on for 17 weeks mm-hmm. yeah it's it's gonna it's gonna be Aaron Rodgers I would love a wild card like I would love, I would absolutely love to see Josh Allen win an MVP relatively soon. I just think that'd be like throwing a complete wrench into everything. But this year, I think it's pretty straightforward. It's going to be Aaron Rodgers. And he was just the most consistent. That's really all it is. Yeah, I, I saw mean, a thing a while ago that if you take Patrick Mahomes and put him in Green Bay, he wouldn't be able to do anything. But if you take Aaron Rodgers and put him in Kansas City, he would like the Kansas City offense would still be rolling. So is it Patrick Mahomes in Kansas City or is it the rest of the offense? Yeah, it's That's tough because look at what happened after Mahomes left that playoff game. Uh, Chad Henney could not get anything moving. So I don't think – I think Kansas City's defense really had to save the day there. So it is tough. I know Mahomes has a lot more around him with Tyreek Hill, with uh, Nicole Robinson. I know the running backs are really good there. Travis Kelsey is an absolute beast. Yeah, it's, it's A or B, but I think if you put either in either scenario, they'll both do really well. 
Also, if you look at it in terms of just pure like value to their team, it's clear that Aaron Rodgers is the most valuable player in the league, right? Because without it, if you take Aaron Rodgers away from the Packers, I mean, what are they? Maybe a 500 team? I don't know. <laughs> With Aaron Rodgers, they're all of a sudden a Super Bowl team. Aaron Rodgers, and I've said a lot already on this. I'm just going to cap it on this. Aaron Rodgers covers up the holes that the defense provides. I think the pass rush really came alive in that game against Jared Goff, but it's hard not to have a good pass rush against Jared Goff. Man's like a statue back there. But, But I think Aaron Rodgers is able to really make up for when the defense isn't getting pressure, when the secondary lets by a giant gap. Rogers is like, all right, I can I can still put up seven if I need to. Also to add on the Rogers thing, isn't this like his first NFC championship in Green Bay at Lambeau? Yeah. Which is crazy yeah. to me. Like he, you know, like that's I mean, that's super exciting for him, but like it's been a long time coming for that, I guess. Also, he's 37. They drafted a quarterback in the first round. I still don't understand why. But you know, <laughs> it's the Aaron Rodgers revenge tour this season. I've said it a lot. As great as Aaron Rodgers is, the Packers don't like him. I don't know why. If the Bears had Aaron Rodgers, Chicago would worship him. It's his toes, man. Oh, my gosh. He would be a deity. Just wait till Deshaun Watson comes to town. But that's a that's for another podcast. That's not happening. We can we can can we set aside one whole podcast to talk about Deshaun Watson? Because I would love to. Yes, we can. We can do that. Next week, I'll commit to Illinois basketball game. Deshaun and then Deshaun Watson. Watson. I'm fine with that. Let's do for it. For 45 minutes. Kelsey's like, uh, excuse you, 45 <laughs> minutes ain't happening. No, it um, will not. <laughs> Shavansha, I know you had more NFL you know, conversations you wanted to have. Um, yeah, I just wanted to talk real quick about the AFC championship because as much as Rodgers Brady really uh Rodgers v Brady is going to be an incredible game. I really think so, but on the other side, it's basically you have like the best of the NFL from the past slash present in Brady and Rodgers versus who I think will be two of the absolute best in the future, Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes on the other side. We're going to get like a young versus old Super Bowl, which I'm really happy about. I think it's going to be really cool to see. Yeah, I wanted to talk about the Bills just real quick. I'd get really happy when a team has the potential to upset a team. I'm not saying that the Bills have a great shot at upsetting the Chiefs just with how in control, especially if Mahomes is able to come back 100%. He had a nasty hit where it didn't even look like he would get concussed from that hit if you if you watch the replay, but caused him to not come back to the game. But if he's able to come back from that, this game on Sunday between Buffalo and Kansas City, I'm definitely looking forward to. I like Buffalo. I like their offense. I like their secondary, uh, led by Micah Hyde, who Hawkeye fans should be very uh, familiar with. So, yeah, let's let's actually go around and just do some conference championship picks between the two games. I can start. I'll I'll go Buccaneers, Ooh. Chiefs in the Super Bowl. Leave Give it me to the Bears fan to pick the Bucs. <laughs> they crushed them in the regular season. Not that I mean the Buccaneers proved that doesn't mean anything because they got crushed by the Saints and then they beat them by ten. Mm-hmm. But I I'm here to tell you right now. If you look at the most complete team, at least the Buccaneers have a defense. The Packers they have I would call their defense mud because they slow opposing offenses down, but they don't stop them. So give me Bucks Chiefs Chiefs take it all uh, in February. I think I'm going to do, 
I really want to see Tom Brady just take Rodgers down. I, he's the oldest quarterback in the NFL. It would really just make my day to see that. So I'm really going to go with the Bucks, and I think I'm going to have to go with the Bills. I mean, I just want to mm-hmm. – I want to see – I don't know. I just want to I just want to see that showdown, and I, I'm excited for it. I mean, I love Patrick Mahomes. He's a G, but I think just sometimes he needs to sit back and let everyone else do their own thing. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, I mean, you know, I think Chloe has a different opinion on the NFC. <laughs> obviously, we're going with the Packers on this one because we're, we're going with the Packers, obviously. And, you know, as much as I would love to see a Bills upset just because it would be fun to watch, I think it's going to be the Chiefs. So it'll be Packers-Chiefs. Packers will win. We are literally <laughs> going all four possibilities <laughs> because I agree with Tiana. I, I, like to, I, like to, I like to sort of, like, pick things that I want to see happen, and I want to see Buffalo in the Super Bowl. I just like the team. I like the coaching, um, and the fans deserve it. I think as NFL fans, we deserve to have, like, a new team in the Super Bowl. And... <laughs> As much as I love Tampa Bay's defense, um, Aaron Rodgers is like the wild card. And you don't, you know, it doesn't matter who your defense is. If he's on the other side of the ball, uh, you, you get torn up, really, is what it comes down to. So I'm going to say Bills and Packers. I think Green Bay might take it if that ends up being the Super Bowl. But regardless, these are going to be two really good games. Just before we completely move on, the one thing I really dislike is the fans deserve this the fans does it like that sort of chatter <laughs> how do i as a bears fan not deserve a good quarterback why does buffalo deserve anything more than me i suffer every time i turn on my television mitch is on because buffalo never snuck into the playoffs at eight and eight to get blasted on nickelodeon by drew Brees. <laughs> that's why <laughs> That hey. never happened to Buffalo in the last 30 years. All I'm saying is Mitch was the MVP of that game. The Nickelodeon you know, valuable player. Uh, I, so. I didn't watch that game on Nickelodeon, but I saw like the MVP and I legitimately thought it meant non-valuable player for a while. <laughs> <laughs> and Austin's gone. Yeah, our MVP is the guy that we turned down the fifth-year option on. So take that <laughs> for your contract negotiation. Before I fall into the un, I would say almost the unbearable pit of sadness. Have we talked about the the clear, did we talk about the clear F-bomb that was dropped on Nickelodeon during that game? Yes. (laughs) The bears never fail. They apparently don't like the kids. (laughs) Chicago sports right now are just struggling, gotta say. Hey, the Blackhawks are 0-3, right? Yeah, they're doing good. I'm so sad about that. There's no <laughs> professional sports franchises yeah. that are good right now. The Cubs are going to be bad. I mean, the White Sox might be okay, but that's disgusting to think about. The Cubs are just letting everyone go at this point. My favorite time kind of, of funny year. to see. My favorite time of the year in Chicago sports is when the White Sox begin like two and one, and all the articles are like, are the White Sox underdogs? And then. <laughs> They continue to go like 350 on the season. Is it 2005 all over again? And then the White Sox are like, just kidding. LOL, JK. 52 and 72. But before we, like I said, go too deep down the pit of sadness, let's let's talk about, this is, this is interesting for me. Iowa Volleyball is playing their first games against Illinois this weekend. The Big Ten has that unique schedule this year where you play the same team at home twice, back-to-back Friday, Saturday. And that's all you ever play is Friday, Saturday, um, every weekend here till April. And I was there, you know, it's exciting, right? They're supposed to be playing in a new arena, extreme arena in Coralville. 
And this weekend they're playing at Carver because there's another event there. And Vicki Brown also is playing Illinois, uh, the team she played for in college. So a lot of intriguing storylines there. I don't, I don't know if you two have any observations about Iowa volleyball that you'd like to make at this time, but other than they weren't too good last season, 10 and 21 overall, um, I covered them extensively wire to wire. Um, and I, I got to say, I saw a lot of two set sweeps. So the good news is the only way you can go from here is up. The question is, do they do that? The only the only outstanding note I have of volleyball is the time when Austin was the only reporter in a press conference. <laughs> and, was, and when the floor was open for questions, he looked left, he looked right, and he said, I guess I'll start. <laughs> was that two years ago? <laughs> that was last fall. So, yes, it'd be two years ago now. <laughs> Hard to believe uh, that. Time flies when you're having fun. <laughs> you know, uh, covering that team that season was not too much fun. They're very nice. I like their student athletes and their coach. Very charismatic people. I love to talk to them. But actually, so all of their wins happened in non-conference. And I never, well, all but a few. And I never watched them play and win a game last year. I wrote about, I would say, 15 or 16 losses. I I had a time covering Iowa volleyball. Might be back at it this Friday. Uh, I guess before we move off of um, Iowa women's sports entirely, Tiana, I know you want to talk about women's gymnastics give them some acknowledgement um, and, you know, cause they're very good and they don't get talked about as much as they should. Yeah. So coming into like preseason, I'm pretty sure they're ranked fourth out of the big 10. So that was really good. Um, but they just had their first meet like this past week and it was at Minnesota. So against the Gophers and they, it was a really close meet, like overall score and stuff, but they came out short. But that being said, um, junior Lauren, I don't really know how to say her last name, Lauren Gurin, maybe she is insane. Okay. This girl, like deserves a 10, like 100% needs a 10. And that's one of her goals for this season is to get a perfect 10 on the floor exercise. And her season opener meet, she got 9.95. So she's like almost there, man. Like, I don't know how this girl does it, but she like defies gravity every time she's on the floor. And I just am like in awe. So I think it's super cool. And I'm super excited for her. Um, she's just a little like petite little thing. And then uh, we also have returning senior. She's Claire and Claire Kaji is also, I think she's ranked eighth nationally now on the floor and she got 9.925. So she also is up there. Um, She competed on the floor beam and bars. So that was really awesome just to start off on three out of the four events. And I know Alex Greenwald, I'm pretty sure she's a junior this year as well. She is in the top 10 too for the floor exercise. So the gym Hawks on the floor exercise are like killing it right now. Yeah. I don't know. I'm just really excited for them. Their first homie is this upcoming Saturday against Ohio state. So I'm hoping to get to that. Cause I'm coming to Iowa city on Friday. For the listeners that aren't aware, men's gymnastics was one of the four Iowa sports that got the ax. Mm-hmm. Um, I would, I think it was in August um back on I believe it was August 11th if I remember correctly somewhere around there um they were one of the four sports so this would be their last season um which is it's it's a stark contrast right because our women's gymnastics team at Iowa is so good uh and even at the United States Olympic level 
women's gymnastics is huge in the United States. On the men's side, people just don't care about it. Similarly to soccer, um, women's soccer is a lot bigger in the United States um, than men's soccer. And I, I don't know what you can chalk that up to. Obviously, in terms of men's gymnastics, it's because there's only eight college teams out there now, right? So that's just not as big. And in terms of soccer, couldn't tell you, but the women's USA women's soccer team is electrifying and I love to watch them every four years um, because they destroy people. And <laughs> I like it when the United States wins. Um, but if we want to wrap up with Coralville hockey team names, Shavanch, unless you want me to wrap the entire podcast. Why, why don't we go through this? And if it's funny, I'll leave it in. If it's not, then I'm going to have to cut it out or else Kelsey will, Kelsey will yell at me. <laughs> <laughs> so let's talk new new names for the Coralville hockey team. Um, they're going to be part of the East Coast Hockey League, the ECHL. It's kind of the double slash triple A baseball of hockey. Why would it be in the East Coast? Where is, uh, we're anyone like look at the map the recently? <laughs> like when did I look into the East Coast? There are ECHL teams in Texas, so they so it used oh, to God. stand for East Coast Hockey League. But then they just said ECHL doesn't stand for anything now. Mm, if they pulled the old KFC. Teams not on the East Coast. Yes, <laughs> exactly. So um, I guess now that now the team and their ownership group and Extreme Arena and all those parties involved are looking to the community for team names. And I'm excited about the possibility of making some submissions myself. Um, if we want to go over a couple names. Let's do it. Come on. So number one, top of the list, Coralville Corn Cobs. Number one. Uh, number two, I want to do something interesting. <laughs> what about the Coralville Rubber Duckies? That's fun. I, also, I like that one. There are baseball teams that are called the Rubber, rubber Duckies in minor leagues. I've got uh, ECHL. I've got Coralville Iron Pigs. That's a solid one. Coralville Isotopes, another fun one from minor league baseball. But uh, I think we're going to get something lame like the Coralville Wolves or the Coralville Jazz or the Coralville Blues. I want something good. Give me the Coralville Bush Lights or something. I don't want the Coralville Little Hawks. I want. It's going to be like the Coralville Coyotes, you know, this just very staple off of your corn cob thing though i think it'd be i like it you could get like little hats maybe like a corn cob you know right <laughs> i want them to use a team name that makes me want to buy a t-shirt that's cool the yeah, coralville but... jazz doesn't do it for me um i i don't know coralville cows that's a good one coralville go. or just lean straight into the sponsorship and go with the coralville extremes <laughs> <laughs> coralville media comms <laughs> oh that's a bridge we burn they'll probably be in like the coralville hawks or something i'll, I'll be like hmm, 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 hmm. And they're like well our colors are gold and black not black and gold um that would be the most disappointing outcome for me personally but i'm gonna make a bunch of submissions all of which that will be declined um what if they take one austin if they took the Coralville corn cobs or something like that, I kid you not, I would be like, so how much ownership stake do I get in this team? And can I retire now? I don't think I you was, get any. <laughs> I was going to ask what you get out of this. You just get submissions. You don't get any the, prize or anything. 
bragging rights. When Austin's on his rocking chair in 60 years talking to his grandkids while they're watching the Iowa Corn Cobs games on TV, he'll be like, you know, back in my day, I named that team. <laughs> if the team is even still around at that point. If hockey still exists at that point. Yeah, you never know. Um, yeah, it doesn't say there's any prize involved. It, it just says that. I can hear Austin reconsidering his submission because there's no prize involved. I was thinking I was going to get some cash considerations, um, but never mind. You can't you can't run that now because they'll be like, "Oh, we hear those names. We're going to take one of them." My hey, from my genius brain. Now we can instead of prize dollars for that, we can see if they uh, want to sponsor us. Um, you know, won. the new hockey team just hey they're new they need to get the, some publicity out there you never know we are a listened to podcast i could strike a deal with them i'll give you 25 percent equity stake and all the names that my brain generates for a sponsorship on the podcast we so can give 20... them 25 percent of the pot we can give them austin we'll give them austin just for sponsorship <laughs> We're willing to just get rid of. I clearly, I guess, I'm not as as pivotal a piece of the puzzle here at the daily. Oh, you are. It's just that, like in name, they could you could represent them. What if we make them the Coralville Austin Hansons? (laughs) All right. Well, we want people to go to these games, but (laughs) that's. I think that's why Kelsey Turner Cameron didn't kind of give me that visual cue that it's time to stop. No, I was easy, eating Easy Mac, and I didn't want you guys to like, watch me eat. See, I'm not the only one eating mac and cheese. Now, granted, Kelsey probably didn't eat the quantity of mac and cheese that I ate, but still. That'll be your <laughs> first competitive eating uh, event, you and Kelsey and mac and cheese. I defeated Kelsey by, I would imagine, two servings of mac and cheese. I don't eat much, so, like, probably. Mm. Yeah, I, I housed more than i care to admit um but let's let's wrap up the pod before please um, before i admit to being uh fat live on the air this has been the di scoreboard as always we are presented by absolutely no one maybe velveta don't know not sure i'd like to thank my co-host siobhan chahuja for joining me um, as well as our guests tiana torjan and chloe peterson we hope you've enjoyed this episode of the di scoreboard and we hope you join us again next week also quick question austin did did we did robert ask if he was going to be on the podcast (laughs) I told him, I said, Robert, take the week off. Oh, thank God. Um, Part of me just visualizes Robert just sitting in a room in front of his computer waiting for the Zoom and just like one day or any minute now. I'm back in my apartment, got my headphones as we discussed mac and cheese. So I am good to go. As we've discussed mac. Come on. It was an entire box of Elvita. Yes, it was an entire <laughs> boxer in five minutes. Joey Chestnut, I'm coming for you, okay? Oh, that's um, the other part of this podcast. I have everything Austin's ever said, so if I needed to end his career, I can. <laughs> that's awesome. <laughs> no offense, Austin, but that's hilarious. <laughs> yeah, so if I ever get, like, really big time, Siobhan can just... Thanos snap my career and it's over. Totally can. Not big time. (laughs) This is just regrettably the way I am.
Can that be the quote that we social? <laughs> this is As just regrettably the way I am. <laughs>